Everyone who's been successful in business knows your business is a reflection of you. Your business will never outgrow you. And if it does, it's only a matter of time till it comes crumbling down if you don't set the foundation. And why wouldn't you consider yourself as the business at the start? Mm. Like you live inside your body with your thoughts, feelings, emotions every single day. It's the way you process what happens in your life that dictates your future. You need to fix your perception and the way you think about the world and see the world before you build on top of that. There's a few main reasons some people are driven to do their own thing. What was the strongest driver for you, do you think? Uh, 100% freedom. I have to live life on my own terms. It's it's the biggest motivator for me to do everything. I couldn't see myself working for someone for the rest of my life. I couldn't do it. I was such a shit employee. I needed to be able to create a life where I would just enjoy the day to day. And now I'm not going to trade the best part of my life doing shit that I hate. Eight figures a year in revenue. We're now at the start of growing our retail presence. We're in over 300 Ulta Beauty stores across the US. We're having conversations with other massive retailers in the US and some big ones in Australia too. So the next year for us looks like just continuing continuing to grow our channels, particularly through retail and just becoming the number one at home, like IPL hair removal brand in the world. I don't really care about how much money I can make. I feel like a little bit of that was ego. What's the most important to me right now? What am I optimizing for is happiness. Hey guys, it's Dylan here. So we're doing something a little bit different for this week's episode. And now part of the reason we're doing uh, something a little bit different with this week's episode is because there's so many new listeners to the podcast. So a massive thank you from the bottom of my heart to anyone that started listening to the podcast over the past couple of months. It's been incredible to see the support, all the messages, the reviews, the ratings come in. So please do keep them coming. It honestly means a lot to me. And of course, thank you to the people that have been listening from the start. But as there's so many new listeners to the podcast and you kind of haven't heard from me off from my perspective for a little while. What I wanted to do this week is share a podcast I recorded with Jess Barber from the Pretty Decent Podcast a couple of months ago. Now, as some of you would know, I've been on tons of podcasts over the past few years, uh, but this is genuinely one of my favorites. The reason this is one of the favorite conversations I've had as a guest on the podcast is because the way Jess thinks and asks questions is different to any other podcast I've ever been on. So what this conversation is going to do, it will give you a unique insight into my journey with Happy Skin Co, of course, but everything that's happened since. So you'll get an insight and an understanding into my decision-making process at each step of the journey and what some of the key things uh, I've implemented into my life that were absolute game changers for me. So there's so much value in here for anyone going on their own journey with business or e-com or genuinely just anyone who's feeling stuck or wanting a little bit more out of life. So let's get into it. Thanks for doing this. We've already done 30 minutes of the podcast at the cafe. I know. Honestly, I'm a bit exhausted. What else else could you possibly need to know? (laughs) Go for it. Well, I do... I know you've told your story many times, mm. so but I feel like we can't just breeze over Happy Skin Co. You know, mm. it's not every day you start a multi-million dollar business. So I want to know though, I want to go straight to the point where you were at in your life when you were, I, I don't know, were you in sales just before you? Yeah. 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 And, and that moment where you're like, I, I want to and I'm going to start my own business. Um, where was I like, cause I was doing, I was doing acting before I got back into sales. And when I was doing acting, I like, I loved it. It was such a fun, like life. And like, you just filming stuff, having fun, but like, there was no control mm. in it for me. Like I was always asking someone else, essentially, can I have a job? Like, you know, you don't really have control. There's a million things that you can go against you to not get a job. So I left, I left acting to go back into corporate so I could like, okay, let me give this corporate thing one more try. You know what I mean? Cause right. I tried uni. Hated that. Yeah. That was obviously, I was going to be a lawyer. I hated that. Tried acting. It was really fun. I feel like it got me through mentally and emotionally the years of like my late teens, early twenties that mm. everyone else was at uni and doing that thing, but I couldn't put myself through it. Um, so it was great. I learned a lot about myself, about emotions, about all that sort of stuff. 
And then I went to the corporate world to think, oh, maybe I could work my way up in sales. You know what I mean? Like you can still earn a few hundred thousand dollars a year if you kill it in sales yeah. and, and, and become like the head of sales of a big company. And then it took only a few weeks <laughs> uh, to realize, fuck, I hate these two. Yeah. Like I was, I, I was, I did sales for about two years before the business finally launched the first year. Actually it was a bit less than that, but the first company I was at was a media company. There was some aspects of the job I liked and some I hated. Like I just spent three hours a day doing cold calls, which obviously I hated. So I just knew I wanted to get out of that. And I met someone, I met someone at that job that had his own e-commerce business. He was selling like socks, uh, ties, pocket squares, that sort of thing. And right. this was the first guy, the first person I'd ever come across that had their own brand on the side, like selling products like e-commerce. I didn't even know what e-com was. So right. as soon as I met him, I'm like, fuck, no offense. But in my head, I'm like, if you can do it, I can do it. Like yeah. I'm a smart guy. Surely I can figure it out. So it started from there, seeing someone else do it. And that's what it takes some time to see someone else do it. And then I got together with a mate of mine who, who I launched Happy Skin Co. with, yeah. uh, George. We're both, he was, I worked at him at a gym. I worked at a gym for a few years. We're both really ambitious guys. I kind of thought different things and like wanted more for our lives. Mm -hmm. And I told him about it. I'm like, dude, there's this guy that I work with that has his own business. What do you think about starting a business together? And he was fucking like, yeah, dude, I've thought about doing the same thing for a long time. He was also acting. So we had a lot of things in common. Um, and then we just looked at like so many of the e-com success stories, like the highest mile guys, mm. uh, the Bondi, Bondi Sands guys, multiple, multiple two, two males starting like a really successful, like uh, e-commerce brand built around like selling products to selling female, uh, predominant products. And, um, yeah, I just, I was hating corporate mm. like, like a lot of people do. And I've never had the ability ever in my life to just put up with situations I hate. It's, it's a blessing and a curse. I can't do it. Like, mm. cause I just, I have this awareness that you only live once and like, why would I, why would I fucking put myself through something that I hate doing it? it, it we, our time here is so limited. It's soul destroying. I'm not going to do it. So I just needed to find a way out. And as soon as I saw that first person start a, start a brand on the side, I realized like, ah, oh, like yeah. you can start a business with like, you don't need a loan from the bank. You don't need a hundred grand in the bank account. So yeah, it took seeing someone doing it, to be honest. So I think, you know, there's a few main reasons some people are driven to do their own thing, whether it's, you know, you want to earn a certain amount or you literally just hate the fact that someone else can tell you what to do or you want the freedom of, you know, that comes with eventually having your own business. What was the strongest driver for you, do you think? A hundred percent freedom. Like mm -hmm. for me, I, ha I have to live life on my own terms. It's, it's the biggest motivator for me to do everything. And like, I just couldn't, I couldn't see myself working for someone for the rest of my life. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was such a shit employee. Like mm -hmm. I was really good at certain things, but I just, I can't, I can't listen to, to people that I can't, I've had this problem. I can't listen to people that I don't like really, really respect. And like, it sounds bad. I was a good kid in school. I had yeah. really good relationships with all my teachers. I got good marks, but there was a few times and with, with certain teachers that I'll get into like these like big arguments with them because they would be telling me to do something. And I'm saying, no, you're like, that's the wrong way to do it. Why mm. would I do it this way when I can do it that way? And you know what the education system's like, it's so black and white. And like, no, you do it this way because we tell you to, I'm like, no, that's not, I don't do shit that way. So I needed to be able to create a life where I would just enjoy the day to day. And now the reason that was so important to me is because when I was doing law, that's when I realized I was only doing law for a couple of months at uni that I realized what you do every day is so important. I'm not going to trade the best part of my life doing shit that I hate. So I needed to be able to create a, a, a life, a business that 
not that I didn't have a, a boss, but I was able to create what I want to create. I was able to work when I want to mm. work, like just, just grow things, build things myself. So definitely the freedom. It wasn't even so much about money, even though obviously money is like a ticket to freedom. It's, yeah, definitely. But it was, it was definitely about the freedom thing. And that's some, such a core, it's such a core aspect to, to my life. And probably my biggest value mm. is freedom. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you said about, you know, taking the time to think about what you actually wanted to do for work. I think Naval says like what we should spend the most time pondering and tinkering with is, you know, what we do for work. Cause it takes up such a large proportion of our time. Um, the relationships we have particularly romantic and who we end up, you know, if marriage is a thing, getting married to like who that person is and also other relationships. And then the third one is, which was interesting to me is where we live. Um, a lot of the time we just exist where we exist and we end up living our whole lives there. And he talks about this idea of like experimenting with different cities and locations. And yeah, I found that interesting, but, um, anyway, so back to happy skin co. So when you were, okay, you decided you got exposed to the whole world of e-commerce and you're like, this is the road I'm going Mm. down. Where did you start in terms of like looking at potential products to go de- like to use and did you test different ideas how did you go about that process of going yeah down that road? It, it, it was a bit of a journey like even though even though I saw that the first example of someone starting a business and it was e-commerce when I got together with George we actually for some reason I don't know why we didn't straight away put two and two together let's start our own product-based business like I'm telling you we went on this whole journey I there's one we had the craziest business ideas I remember one <laughs> one uh, idea we had is, and I wasn't, I wasn't vegan or anything like that. He's like, dude, the vegan things like on the rise, why don't we create a vegan dating app? I was like, so we like wireframe that, how it would work. And then we just realized, dude, this is so stupid. It's going to take so long to do. It's not going to be monetizable for so long. He's like, are you going to like, actually, if we do this, you're going to have to stop eating me. You're going to have to like, if you're out in public, you can't eat any of that stuff. So we're like, yeah, it was just he, a silly I mean, idea. He, you know? he was on the money with the vegan trend. Mm. Like if you had done that at that time, yeah. like if you had created a product around that, I feel yeah. like it was the right product. Well, like I don't, I don't eat, I don't eat meat anyway. So like I'm, I'm sweet on that. But like our idea was just like at the time, like vegans <laughs> want to date other vegans. So it was yeah. like, it was silly. Anyway, we had some, we had probably a month where it was like some silly ideas. And then we're like, no, nah, fuck that. Why are we trying to do all this crazy stuff? We, mm. we saw all the success stories in e-com. We knew you didn't have to start with a lot of money. People were starting businesses that would make $10 million a year from their house, from their bedroom, from the garage, all that. So we're like, nah, let's just go to what we know works. We'll start an e-com brand. And we knew we wanted to do a product in the beauty space just because how effective things like influencer marketing are, mm-hmm. how, how the rise of like people purchasing products that they see on Instagram. So we, we knew we wanted to do that. And so you kind of identified the niche first yeah. almost or like the industry area yeah, you definitely. want to go into? Yeah, definitely. But at that time, like this was so early on, I didn't, this was like probably five and a half years ago now. I didn't even know about like Alibaba or AliExpress. Then. Crazy, I didn't know dude. about, we didn't know about any of that. We did not know about any of that. So we saw this product, right. That it, all it was, was a, um, it was like a little shaver mm. with like a light on it. And, and we saw that. And we thought, fuck, is that, first of all, we're like, is this a laser hair removal thing? Like, yeah. cause obviously we saw like, okay, high smile used to be teeth whitening in a dentist chair. Yeah, yeah. Do it in a DIY product. It blew up. 
um, fake tan with the Bondi Sands used to right, go spray right, it on. Now it's like anything like if you can take a product that used to be done in like a clinic or a salon mm-hmm. setting and then put in that own product, like there's a really good chance of you being successful. So we got really excited by that, but obviously we didn't know about how you can find manufacturers in China yes. from like these, these platforms like Alibaba and stuff. So we went down a rabbit hole for a while. Um, it just goes to show like how little we knew at the time we were uh, finding um, product engineers and like mm. connecting with them on LinkedIn, talking about the products right. we wanted to make. We, there was one product we looked at that was called uh, the No-No, I think it was called, okay. or yes. No, I think it was called the No-No. And it was this product where like it was like, looked like the shape of a mobile phone and you would put it on your hairs and it would like burn them off. Mm. So we like went down that route and like all these wacky, stupid things until we just from LinkedIn messaging people connecting, we finally found a manufacturer who was doing something similar. Right. Um, and then we connected with them. We started doing some sampling with them. We weren't really happy. And then somehow that led us to finally finding, uh, our manufacturer we went with and then we heard we finally found out what Alibaba was this is like right. how little we knew and then we, we found like this technology of like at home IPO handsets the patents only just came out like six months ago oh, so we were very very, very early. early on we had seen no other brand that had blew up this there was no other brands in Australia doing this product so as soon as we could find a manufacturer that could customize a few things for us because we wanted we wanted to do a few things differently than what they were offering. Mm. We spent probably six months sampling different ones. And then as soon as we found the best one, we placed the order for stock, which I was working corporate. I was probably making at the end of the day after tax, probably a less than a grand mm-hmm. a week. Um, we, yeah, we had, we saved up all our money. We ordered stock. And I remember after we ordered stock, I'm like, okay, I have now like got like two grand in my bank account left. So it wasn't much. Um, like we just got to keep working at it until it works. So that, that two grand, we probably have both had about two grand left each. We're like, that's our marketing budget wow. to make this work. So luckily enough, it worked pretty quickly. That's amazing. And, and did, when you found out about Alibaba, so you said they'd been painted like six months before, before we found them. Were they on Alibaba? Um, a couple were, a couple, were. we didn't find our one through there. We only, cause then once we knew what the product was and it existed, then you could start Googling, followed and researching. And yeah. only after we had found them the hard way, did we find, oh, wait, there's this marketplace called Alibaba where you can actually find and connect with manufacturers of all different sorts of products all across the world, predominantly China and throughout mm-hmm. Asia. So that was a game changer for us. So that allowed us to actually test a bunch of other people who were making the products and find the best one because we only knew about the one or the two manufacturers that we found from other means. And then when we found Alibaba, it allowed us to like, actually, okay, now we have some choice. Now we can actually get samples from five, six, seven, eight different manufacturers. So who's the best quality? Well, we didn't actually get samples from all of them. We, we told them what we wanted to change. Mm. We wanted to know what the MOQs were, uh, what their lead times were. And then there was a few of them that met our terms and could do what we wanted to do. Got samples from them, picked the best one and the rest is history. Literally. So I know that a lot has happened in between now and then and where happy skin co is now but where is it now and and what's your role within the company yeah all right guys just quickly i've got some news i've spent close to the past 18 months building the ultimate program that takes you through the complete process and i mean the complete process of launching and scaling your very own e-commerce brand from zero 
all the way up to a million dollars plus per year. And now with this program, what you're going to get access to is 15 modules with over 100 training videos and 23 hours of in-depth content, taking you through everything you need to know to build a successful e-com brand. And this is the important part. This isn't just stuff that you can look up on YouTube. This is stuff I've taken from real lessons and experiences building Happy Skin Co. from zero all the way up to an eight-figure per year brand. You're going to get access to loads of custom tools, templates, and calculators that I've used to build and run Happy Skin Co. There's going to be one-on-one mentoring with myself and other expert coaches. And there's also weekly group Q&A calls with myself to make sure you're feeling completely supported throughout the entire process. And now what I've learned from consulting to everyone from people starting their very first e-commerce brand all the way up to brands already doing seven figures plus per year is that there's a process and a framework to follow if you want to be successful with e-com. Now, if this is something you're interested in, hit the link below and go to join.viralbrandbuilder.com. All the information's there and you can book a call directly with me. Otherwise, send me a DM and we can chat there. Anyway, let's get back to the pod. Um, it's, we've on, we're in April, so obviously we're in February now. Uh, it'll be five years since we launched. Wow. So half a decade. Um, like, you know what I'm like, I never had stayed in a job really before like more than a year or two before then. So being involved with something for five years since we've launched. So it's almost a year before that, almost six years working Mm -hmm. on one project, uh, is a pretty big deal for me. Now I'm less involved in the day to day of the business. Obviously I have the podcast and a bunch of other businesses that I'm working on. Um, but I'm still very much attached to the brand where we've obviously done eight figures a year in revenue. We're Mm -hmm. now at the start of growing our retail presence. We're in over 300 Ulta Beauty stores across the US. We're having conversations with other massive retailers in the US and some big ones in Australia too. So the next year for us looks like just continuing to grow uh, our channels, particularly through um, retail and just becoming the the number one at home, like IPL hair removal brand in the world. Incredible. So good. So how have you been able to step away a bit? And like, you know, what does stepping away look like? How, how many days are you spending on Happy Skin Co? Um, it's varied a lot. Like 2022, last year, I probably spent the least amount of time in the business on average, maybe a day or two a week. Mm-hmm. Um, this year I'm back in the office a lot more. So I'm spending more time around the team. But what, what stepping back looked like for me was, Hiring less staff, but hiring better staff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. hiring a few people who you can really trust that sure you might have to pay them a bit more than other people, but it means that like, I'm confident that they can handle their areas and like they will sort out most of the problems or they'll fix most things. And if, if there is something that needs me, I know that they'll come to me mm. and they've, and give me all the information I need. They've already looked into it. So just finding and hiring a few people that like, you could trust and count on mm. that was massive for me. And it's something I wish I did earlier because like you, you start this business as like, I was like 24 Yeah, so yeah. when I started the brand and it's like, you have this ego of like, Oh, I want to have as many staff as I can and mm. blah, blah, blah. You know, like I want to have 20 staff by the end of the year and all this stuff. And I went through that and I hired a bunch probably got close to like 15 staff at one wow. point. And it's the more staff, the more headaches you have, the more people yeah. you have to manage, like the more personalities, like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just realized like if you want to build one big business, like, and you're really passionate about it, like if you want that many staff, you need to be there full time. And for me, I just knew I had other passions as well, not just happy skin co. So I wanted to create the flexibility. So just bring in a few key people that I could trust, like made my lifestyle so much better. But it also just makes so much more sense from a business perspective as well to oh, hire yeah. people that just 
know their shit and you, you know, you're, you're going to have to pay them more, but overall so worth it. Yeah. And it's not even like people that necessarily know that know their shit. Like there's a couple of people I'm talking about specifically, they not, neither of them had like e-com experience before they were just like, they thought the right way. They handled right. responsibility. Like these are people that I knew. So like also that was a big thing, hiring people that I knew one of them's my best mate. Um, he's our operations manager. So that took a lot of me. And then Steph has been with us for honestly, I don't even know. It's probably getting close to three years, definitely over two years. I kind of, I, I knew her through one of my good mates as well. Right. And like, they've been like, just made my life so much easier. Interesting. Cause you definitely, you definitely hear stories of it going the other way as well. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. So it's cool that you've been able to hire people that have been in your network or, or even, did you say your brother? My, no, my, no, no, my brother did work for us for three or four years. Yeah. Um, who's my, your operations manager? Operations manager is my, like my best mate. One of my okay, best mates. Yeah, 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 one of my best mates. Um, he's been with us for over a year already. Um, so like brought him in at the period that I knew, okay, I, I know I'm going to be building something else as well. Yeah. Like I'll still be involved with Happy Cinco a lot, but I'll be in the office in a physical sense less. So I need someone that I can really count on and trust. Um, but all my best hires, not all, pretty much nearly all, actually, no, let's say pretty much all my best hires were people that I knew. Wow. Our first full-time hire that me, me and George hired back in the day, George ended up leaving the business about a year in, so he's been gone for a while, was this other girl who I knew, Joe, um, just from living in the same area. Like we didn't go to school together, but you know how like you go to the same parties as people. I knew her, we were yeah. friends. She was working in a similar role for a different company. She ended up staying with us for like three and a half years. And I know it's not necessarily like the way that people can, everyone can do, like mm. just go hire people, you know, but for me, if you have people that you know and you trust and even more importantly, you enjoy spending time with, mm. then give, give them a shot. In my opinion, like it just depends who you have in your life. You know, you, there's some people that are toxic that you wouldn't want to bring into your workplace that you might know. So it's something to be careful with, but honestly, and my, my cousin, Brought him in as our finance manager. He's so much smarter than me. Six years older, massive corporate experience, like managing billion-dollar projects and stuff. So quite overqualified for a, a small econ brand yeah. or, or medium-sized econ brand. But yeah, I don't know. For me, it was the best. And did you? But did you have to? Do you think why it's been successful and you've had success with these hires is because are you quite good at, you know, setting the expectations and communicating? You know your expectations and, and the role and, or have they just been great? I want to work with people that donate a lot for me mm. that don't need to be micromanaged and a lot of direction and over communication. So I explained that to them and I said, that's why I want to work with you because I've got X, Y, Z other things to do. I want leaders and people that can come in and handle shit and come to me when they need me. So setting that expectation, but the main thing was like, bringing in people that didn't need that. And that's something that I didn't do for a while. I was hiring people that needed a lot of hands-on and a lot of support, a lot of direction. And there's not, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But for me and how I wanted to work and how I wanted to build a company, it didn't work. And it was, what am I going to do? Put Again, put myself and force myself to do things I don't really want to do. Or as the company changes and I have to hire for new roles, just start hiring in a way that suits more the lifestyle I want. And now I know that's might not, might not be what they say in a business book, mm. but for me, it worked in terms of enjoying the process more, mm -hmm. but it also worked for me in terms of results as well. So. Yeah. Also I would say majority, not majority, but a lot of business books are 
probably too outdated for your situation. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, 100%. <laughs> I just think everything's so individual anyway. Like yeah. just do what makes you happy. Yeah. So, okay, not as involved, like definitely involved in having Skim and Go, but you you have set it up so you have um, the time to dedicate towards other projects. So whatever you're happy to share, like what are some of the other things you have going on at the moment? Where are you putting your time? Yeah, um, there's a few. <laughs> And some of these are almost ready to launch. Well, there's another one that's like a sister company to Happy Skin Co., which we haven't spoken about at all. That will be launching as soon as Combank send me my card and like <laughs> open the bank accounts. Honestly, I've signed all the paperwork. We went in. That was like three, four weeks ago. Still don't have it. So there's another one in a very similar space, women's wellness, that's run with the Happy Skin Co. team. That's launching, as I said, as soon as um, as soon as as soon as. Combank, give me the stuff so I can start hey, opening hey, accounts. Combank. Shout out Combank. <laughs> Honestly, please give me my card and give us the bank accounts. So there's that, which is also in the women's wellness base. So this is, uh, it's a device for like um, period pain management. So it's not, okay. um, obviously you're not having to take Panadols and pills and stuff every day. So that's very much Fan part of, of the Happy Skin Co family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing I've been working on for a while, I haven't really, spo- I've spoken about it. I think I've maybe mentioned it, but something that'll come in the winter this year is, is a, is a fashion label um, just based around like what, what I want to wear and what I think is cool and really tied to the values of myself and um, the way to like get the best out of your life and yourself. So that'll be a cool, fun project, but That's I really exciting. see, yeah, I really see a big future for that. That can definitely be like, I've talked about this before. I used to want to build like a hundred million dollar brand. And then recently I've like, or like I've said, like, I don't want to be a billionaire because obviously that sounds stupid. I don't want to be a billionaire, but like the way what you have to do to have a hundred million dollar company or to be a billionaire, like, I don't want to live like that. I don't think that sounds stupid at all. You know what I mean? Because when you factor in what it takes to get there and what you sacrifice, yeah, it's not just what it takes because you have what it takes. I would say it's, it's, it's more, what's, what kind of life do you want to live? Yeah, yeah. Do you want it to be consumed and you know, by business. Like I know there's a lot of different ways to do it, but, um, you know, I think I can definitely relate. And as someone who values freedom as well, Yeah. you know? Yes. Big time. Um, but that being said, I've been thinking about the label a lot recently and I definitely think that can be at least a 20, 30, 40 million a year revenue brand in Mm -hmm. like five years. Like I'm not, I'm not in a rush with any of the businesses I build anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I've, got enough money that I'm happy and I'm comfortable. Yeah. I will grow businesses in in the right way. Um, I'm not like panicked by anything. I don't have any external pressure to do anything. So it's like, obviously I want to get there as fast as I can, but I've been thinking about a lot about it a lot recently and, and the way we're going to approach it and how connected it is to everything else I'm doing. And I think, Oh, you know what? Building a really big business would be pretty fun. So there's that, there's the education company that I told you about mm-hmm. that's so coming excited. really soon. Uh, just a link to a lot of the mentoring that I've been doing. Obviously I've been doing mentoring and consulting to econ brands um, for the last three years, yeah. just because of everything we've done with Happy Skin Co. People have found me. It's never anything I've advertised or spoken about, but somehow, honestly, I get people pretty much every single day, send me a DM. Hey, can I pick your brain? Can I do some yeah. mentoring with you? Do you do coaching, consulting? So putting together a framework that's going to enable me to do that in a lot better of a, a way, but also Anything that I do needs to be linked to my values of like personal development and mindset and how to actually be happy because it's not about how much money you make. It's about how happy you are and how satisfied you are with life. So there's that, which will come very soon. There'll be more details about that very soon. Um, and obviously the podcast is yeah. a lot, a big focus for me now. 
I think what you said I love is that, and it's a very, it's an amazing position to be in where you don't have to create and build from a place of desperately needing or, mm. or lacking. So it's, it's, and, and you don't have to be in a rush, you know, yeah. I think that's really cool. I wanted to get your opinion on like, you know, so take, you could, you could go and start a business, a product or service and a traditional kind of business. And you could, um, you know, it might take, I mean, I would say 10 years of like investing your time in to get it to a point where it's, you know, making you a lot of money and you can kind of have that freedom to step back a little bit or, or whatever it is. There's that model or there's that, uh, which a lot of people I feel like are talking about a lot more. It's, it's the one person business model or like where you, you are the product essentially. And you say you take the same timeline and you spend 10 years building a, a brand, a personal brand around you your interests, your curiosities, what, what you want to learn and what you want to build. And I see that second option as, yeah, it's probably not going to bring you as much money, but you've spent 10 years learning and building in areas that you're genuinely obsessed with. And, um, that's that you can then leverage that to monetize. And I'm not saying it'll take you 10 years to monetize, but I'm very attracted to that model because I, again, I love, I, I value freedom, but I, I also really value just being able to follow my interests and, and learn about whatever the fuck I want to learn about and not what I should learn about or, or what I need to learn about if I was, you know, in a specific com- uh, company. Basically. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on those two models and like, where, where do you see that? Um, cause I think you've got, you've obviously got both going on. I see. Mm. So just, even if you just on talk on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but very obviously I've both and I can see the appeal to both. Um, I obviously got into product-based businesses first and all the businesses I originally thought about first were big product-based businesses that I could scale product lines, build massive teams around. Um, and then I was, I've been doing that for a while. And then it, I, I, I we were talking earlier and I started to shift as like, I don't really care about how much money I can make. I feel like potentially that a little bit of that was, uh, ego. Mm. You know what I mean? I want to have a brand that does X amount of million per year. I have X amount of staff. And then I realized like, what's from, I'm, I'm sweet now. Like I could not work for the next 10 years and be fine. Right. Mm. I'm not saying I'm set up for life. Like I, I'd have to work eventually, but I could do nothing for 10 years if I, if I wanted to, but that's not me. I thought what's the most important to me right now, what am I optimizing for is happiness. That's mm. all, all what I optimize for now is happiness. And now I, I want to think about what do I personally enjoy doing the most? having conversations, podcasting, personal development. So learning about myself, learning new skills, mm. how I can learn and improve my life, both in terms of like a technical skill set, but then more like soft skills and working on things like patience and being more open, more caring, more giving, all that sort of stuff. It's like, if that's the things I'm most interested in and then teaching other people how to do that, then obviously I could make more money if I just go and build businesses yeah. uh, like Happy Skin Co, repeat that process over and over and over again, which obviously to an extent I'm still doing, but I very much, um, I very much see the benefit in both. Mm. Um, I'm obviously attracted to both, but now knowing what I know now, it's obviously hard. It's, it's hard to know what you would do if I didn't have the happy skin, happy skin co and yeah. I hadn't had that success and I didn't have that money. But right now, if I had to start again yeah. and only do one, Tell I would, me. I would probably 
not do the big businesses on no? it. Yeah. That's interesting. Because if I could only do one and I couldn't do things like this, then I'm just chasing the money. I'm not actually doing what I enjoy doing more. Yeah. So you would you would take care of the money. You'd probably need a job, right? But you I'd would- need a job for a little bit, for a year or so, until I can monetize whatever I've learned. Right. And, yeah. Where would you start? With what do you like mean? in in terms of like, yeah, say you started again and and you were you went down the route of I guess kind of building a personal brand, productizing mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Where would you start with that? In terms of like what topics? Uh, yeah, what like would it be a podcast? Would it be like an an, an email newsletter? Like yeah. would it be? Well, would that's you become the thing. Like, like a I, I'm, I'm a little bit of like a contradiction here because I wouldn't do any of that shit if I didn't have something to talk about. If I didn't have something that I can point to as why I'm talking about this, yeah, okay. and that's why it took me a little bit of time to to do for me personally. And that's but that was I feel like a little bit of a limit, limiting belief mm-hmm. of like. Oh, I don't want to do this until I've achieved this. Like I, I was getting requests to go on podcasts, speak at events and consulting and much earlier on, but I didn't feel like I just had this thing. I saw all those like fucking 21 year old life coaches out there mm. that haven't had any real experience. I'm like, I didn't want to be that. Um, but if I was going to start now, I don't know. I just educate myself to the point that I felt so confident with something, a, a topic that I could add value to someone's life. And I just start putting out content about that mm-hmm. and do it. You don't have to start massive. Like if you can, have a job where you work part-time and you at least pay your basic expenses and you can do whatever. Like there's so many businesses out there, like coaching businesses that they'll specialize in one niche thing. Just pick whatever it is that you're most interested in, learn about it, and then you can monetize it in so many different ways. But yeah, I don't know. I just go hard on like, honestly, right now, creating like reels and TikTok content. Mm. Cause that's, yeah. Yeah. I think the key to simplify is whatever you do choose. And, and I definitely try and live by this is be ruthless, r- ruthless with yourself in terms of choosing something that you're actually obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Not because you think like, Oh, that might work or that might hit or that might go viral or whatever. It's, it's, you've got to really get to know yourself and understand yourself so you can follow the things that you're genuinely obsessed with and yeah. interested in because that's going to come across the best and people are going to feel your energy. And, and that's why I think like you're, you're like, you're only just starting in terms of, I just, you're going to go all the way because your energy is very infectious and you can tell what you're, you know, when you're having these conversations and the content you put out, you're just, it's what you think about in your spare time. It's what you're obsessed with. It's what you're interested in. So, but also it's like, it's so hard. I flip both sides of this, right? Because it's like, (laughs) maybe I would see it differently if I had bills that I needed to work for every day. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, getting, that's why, honestly, actually let's scratch that. If I had to start again, if I could do, I would do it. I would do it the same way. I would build businesses that earn me enough money to build that buffer. Yeah. Even if it was just something like drop shipping, Mm -hmm. make a couple hundred grand profit. So I know I'm sweet for a while Mm -hmm. and like easier said than done, but to drop ship and make 50 grand profit, hundred, like that's, very achievable. Mm. I'd probably do that. So I have a bit, spend a year doing that making as much money as I can online. Mm. So I didn't have that stress. Cause I think the clarity and how much more enjoyable the process is when yeah. you, when you have some sort of a buffer of freedom that you've created for yourself by making a bit of money, mm. I would do that first because like, it's easy for me to say now, nah, yeah, just do what you love. But if you have, I would just create a little bit of money for myself, which with whatever product, whatever business I thought I could make money relatively quick doing. Then once I'd done that, then I would 
jump into all that. Now, that might not be the best way to do it. I, for knowing what I'm like as a person and what needs I want to tick for myself internally, mm. I would do that because I remember I've always been really happy, but there's a freedom. There's a massive freedom in not having to stress out about money. Mm. And you always stress out about money and business and stuff, but like to know, like there's no real time pressure for that. So I would do that because I know that's what I need. I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm a risk taker, mm. but I like to create buffers for myself that I know I'm not going to fall back past a certain point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. The other option is also to just have a job that pays well and, and, you know, you don't have as much free time, but in your free time being able to follow, yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's, there's that option too. But I don't do well with jobs. Remember that's the, not you, well, yeah, but yeah. those who, yeah, yeah. you know, can't start a million dollar job. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> but that being said, if I ever did, if I lost everything, I would do the same. Like I, I wouldn't go back to fucking corporate. Well, mm. now I could monetize my skill set if I wanted to, but let's just say I couldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't go back to corporate because I hated it, but I could very, I loved working at a gym. Yeah. I go back and work at a gym three days a week or, you know, open a gym, work from like five to 10, 11, 12. Mm. Right. And then I'd have the whole rest of the day to like, learn and build whatever my next business is, put content out. Like we're having a guy on the podcast next week, I think. Um, and very different to the other episodes. He's, he's obviously, I'm, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm really into sport. I don't talk about it really that much no, on, on, no. on thing, but there's this guy, he's, he's made like just a, a, a rugby league content creator. And he went from, I, I don't know his whole story yet, but he just had a job. Mm. I think he was in finance, counting something. I don't know. I'll find out soon when I do my research on him. He had a job, started putting out content around his biggest passion, which was rugby, just happened to be rugby league. Uh, and then he'd done that for a few years. Now he's got to the point in the last year, all he does every day is talk about footy, is watch footy, research footy. And I imagining his life is so much better now. If you can identify what that is for you, whether it be makeup tutorials, whether it be fitness, mm. whether it be diet, whether it be a sport, whether it be Harry Potter or whatever those world of oh, whatever it is. <laughs> Like set yourself up that you can pay your bills and then build a business or a revenue stream around what you really enjoy. Like that's such a beautiful way to do it. And don't yeah. work a job you fucking hate because then you, do, you get home, you're so empty, you're so stressed mm. out that, oh man, I've just had such a stressful day. I've had to do cold calls for like three hours. Like, do I want to go home and work more? No, man, I get it. Like I, I want to watch Netflix or chill, you know, have a glass of wine. So mm. that's the way I'd go about it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about, money and your because when I see people that something common I hear is you know successful people and the people that have a lot of wealth they have this different view of money and they they the way they view the reality of money is different um but what specifically is that view like why do they view it differently um and I guess because there's that saying, you know, if, if he, he lost everything or she lost everything, they could build the business, get it all back in a couple of weeks or whatever. Cause they can't, they have that, that mm. different perspective on business and money. But I wanted to get your opinion or maybe just your experience with how, you know, after getting some money and being in that comfortable position, how you view money and how you view the value of money. Um, and also how you use it in terms of like reinvesting back into your education or your businesses or reinvesting back into assets to then make you more money. Um, 
Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's interesting for me, like, because I grew up, I feel like it's it's not even attached to money so much for me this point that I make, but I grew up lower middle class family, like lived in the suburbs, had a, parents had a mortgage, work jobs, like always had food on the table, like weren't, weren't like struggling, struggling, but like we, I never went on overseas holiday with my family. Maybe if we're lucky once a year, we go like to Queensland or something. So I didn't grow up with a lot of money. I didn't have anyone rich around me. I was like, went to a public school. Um, and then when I started the business and obviously it was kind of tricky because we, I went from, okay, I had a full-time job. Like I had a pretty nice, like I, I was always sensible with money. I never blew all my money. I was always pretty good with saving. Like I'd spend up to a certain amount. I'd set like, okay, I'm definitely going to save this much. And then for whatever it's half or 60%, I'm going to save or 40% I'm going to save. And the rest of it, I'm free to do whatever I want with that because I know money will come back to me. And I just feel like it's the anxiety around money that creates this negative relationship with it. If you know money will come and go freely, then it, it will. So it was interesting that I had that, but then we, we it, it changed so quickly because we made so much profit in like such a short amount of time that I went from having no money really to having more money than I, I really needed or knew what to do with. So it's like, I was lucky that I had my cousin who's the accountant, lots, lot more risk adverse, teach me like how to like, okay, it's, it's cool to be, have that mentality when you, when you, when you don't have a lot that you're fine to take risk, but now you actually have something to lose. So it's about setting in those buffers that I know I can't fall back on. But the thing that really changed for me, wasn't so much a relationship with money or how I see money. It was the fact that I'd changed my life and I, I understood through what I had done and through using visualization, like I'd visualized so many things so clearly and they all happened for me. It's like, not only, it's not even about money for me. I don't really think about money. It's just, I know my dreams can come true. I know I can live whatever life I want to live. So if that, if I was to need to focus on money, I know I could create that. If I wanted to put myself in the room with Gary Vee, like I did, I could do that. If I wanted to travel around the world, I could do that. If I wanted to start a podcast, interview cool people, I could do that. So it wasn't so much a relationship with money. It's a relationship with life can be whatever you want it to mm. be. And I know it's a very privileged thing to, to be able to say, I don't really think about money too much, but I just don't limit myself. I don't question what I can achieve or what anyone can achieve. It's like, that's the thing that people need to get. Your dreams can come true. You can make your life whatever you want it to be. You just need to, one, first of all, you need to believe that it will happen and not, not just believe it will happen, know it will happen mm. and like get that inside of you where you don't question it, you don't doubt it, you just know. And then it's just a matter of time, put a plan together to make it happen and then just work until it does. And like, if you put those three things together, and, 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 and you do it with all your energy, like it, things happen for you. Things can happen for you so much quicker than you think. So it was more that moment where I realized I can create whatever sort of life I want. And from at that point, I never really stressed out about money too much. But what helped is because although I do have a decent amount of money, I don't want to, obviously you get those like thoughts in the back of your head. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to lose it all and have to start again. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, setting my life up in certain ways that it's like, you know, like who wants to be a millionaire when they go like you get up to this point and no matter how high you go, if you get one wrong, you at least come back down to here. Yeah. So always knowing in the back of my mind that no matter what happens, I'm always going to have start from, I won't be starting from zero. Mm. I'll be starting from whatever. And then there's a freedom in that. I don't know if I would be okay mentally so free to do everything I want to do if I knew I could fucking go all the way back to zero. Mm. So just setting up buffers, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, cool. No, that definitely answers it. I think 
that is there's a few factors with like how um successful successful people view money and the value of money how do you yeah because you you've spoken to successful people how do you feel like they think about money well i think the that is the first point that comes up is they just have in general this different relationship with money where they're not so attached to it money is just this thing mm. they're that it's they don't have this like complex relationship with it like you said you know it, it's more about the mindset and and the visualization and, and that belief that you know the money is just a a, a, a small it's more a small variable mm. and then the other thing is they view the value of exchange differently it's like they i think it's best displayed through an example so just like a super micro example, if you were going to invest in a VA, say it's like you're paying $500 a week for a VA, but that allows you to spend a whole day doing income generating activities or, or invest, spending your time investing in building something that will then produce you income. But the difference it's, a, and then some people say, well, what's the point in like, you know, paying her that and like, or them that, just don't pay her. And then, you know, you do the activity, but the difference is that you paying for and and getting that time to invest in doing this new income generating activity, that income generating activity is going to compound and allow you to generate more over the long, long term. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think majority of people know that they understand that concept, but I, the difference is from what I've heard and observed is there's a difference between knowing that and then actually doing, doing that and doing that in your life. Another example is like, you know, a, a 50 K mastermind to get in a group like that. That's, that's a lot of money for a lot of people. Um, but you just can't really put a value on being a part of that group and being around people like that. And you also can't really predict what it could make you. It's probably like, Maybe you double that in a couple months after implementing what you've learned or, or a connection that you made in that group. Um, and then over two years, maybe you've quadrupled it, you know, mm -hmm. it's, and it's that compounding effect. So I, I think, yeah, people, they have this mindset, um, the way they truly understand that concept that I just explained, but then they also actually, they'll buy the 50 K mastermind, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a difference between, between 100%. them. So you mentioned visualization and I know you've mentioned Joe Dispenza before. Mm -hmm. He kind of, um, I'm going to have a sip of water yeah, too. Cool. He kind of changed my life. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a really good, oh, you know, I said I hired Steph of a good friend of mine, mm -hmm. Mitch, uh, who I've known since I was like probably 14 or something. Um, he's really into Joe Dispenza as well. He said he changed his life. But to me, I've actually... Funnily enough, not gotten into Joe Dispenza. Oh. I love him. Okay. I love him. I, I do. Good. But because. my connection and relationship to visualization, it's not technical. No? It's just, I just get it. I don't need to know <laughs> the that. science behind it, the way right. he explains. I don't, I've got my own, I, I've got 100%. I've already know. Yeah. I've got the proof. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need to know all that stuff. Like mm -hmm. I would like to know it because I'm interested in it so I could better explain it to other people. Yeah. But on a personal level, like I just know, I'm just, I don't doubt it. So I'm like, yeah, I've never had to mm. go into that. I feel like Joe Dispenza is really good for people that like need to see and more explanations as to how to use it, why it works, the like science behind energy and all that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, how did, how did it 
like change your life? Well, I am that person, I think, that needed to be exposed to his content and his reasoning and the science behind energy and quantum mechanics. Not that I'm like a super nerd and know everything about it, but just having a basic understanding allowed me to develop that belief. So the belief is key, Mm. right? Which is what you have. Um, So yeah, I got into him probably last year in February, Mm. I remember. And I started I was just at this moment in my life where I was like, dude, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not in a long suffering way. I was just like, I just need, like, I feel the, I invested in his course. I think it was like $250 or something. And I started going through it. Cause I'd watched all at that point, I'd watched all his YouTube content, all his, you know, podcasts, et cetera. And yeah, I, I went into his course and within the course he has meditations mm. and I have, been doing his meditations. I did them every day. I think I missed two days for a year every day and they're around 45 to 50 minutes. And then lately I've kind of switched over to, um, Naval calls it like a self-examination practice. So you just sit there and you don't focus on your breath. You don't do anything specifically. You just exist. Um, and so I alternate between the two and, and you asked how he's kind of changed my life. It's, it's just, realizing that, you know, I, I, I kind of realized I was looking at the world through, I call it my suck glasses or lenses. Like I was, I was just, my default was this sucks <laughs> or, you know, like tending towards the negative and I could change that. Like, and I know that sounds ridiculously simple, but that's just my experience for yeah. me. It was like, Oh, I, could like become aware of this is what I want and I could actually achieve that. That is actually extremely possible for me to do. Um, and when I had that belief, yeah, just totally change things. And then I, you know, slowly, slowly things would start to happen and, and things would start to come into reality and that just strengthens the belief. And then, and then you're like, Oh, like, and, and it's, and the, the keys and you, I know you always say this, it doesn't come without execution and effort and hard work, of course, but it, it just gives me that belief I can become aware of and create whatever I want. What's the Joe Dispenza meditation or visualization? What's what's involved in that? He kind of, he, it's the first half is, I guess, just becoming aware in a general mindfulness practice and presence. And then he kind of um, gets you, he, he puts the perspective of there's, endless potentials out there that you could access, you know, you could access a world where, or like a potential where you're miserable and you, you know, you're really suffering and, and X happens and it's bad and blah, blah, blah. Or there's, but there's also a million other potentials that you could tap into. Maybe you, you can work remotely and maybe you can travel the world and maybe you can do all of these things. And so he encourages you to kind of like um, visualize that and, and think of that potential that you want to attract into your life and stew on it and think about it. And he asks you, if, asks you a few questions around it specifically to draw out those images. Um, and it, you do that for two different potentials. And sometimes after the recording stopped, I'll do another, I'll just keep thinking of shit that I really want to happen. Um, and yeah, it's amazing. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I suppose it's just like there's two parts to it. It seems like you got to first thing is like 
flip your perspective to what can happen and what sort of life you can live. And then it's like, okay, once you're starting to take things on, like through that positive lens that anything can happen and, and things are great, things are coming to me mm. and I can achieve whatever I want to achieve. Once you've got the ability to think like that, then you can go into the deep visualizations about what they are and, and experience them, feel them emotionally. And then it will happen. Yeah. I suppose for me, I'm very lucky in the sense that I already started from the place of believing I could have whatever I wanted. Yeah. So then the visualization part worked really quickly and came really easily yeah. and actually realized that my whole life I had, um, I'd been, I'd been visualizing, but I just didn't know it. Like, cause right. I was like, just called it daydreaming. Mm. But all my daydreams were about things I wanted to happen in my life, goals I wanted to achieve, certain moments I wanted to live out. And I would experience them fully. It's like when I'm daydreaming about these things, it's like, I am living inside a movie inside my head. I'm it's, it's in first person and in third person at the same time I'm doing it, but then I'm watching it and I'm experiencing it and it becomes like I'm time traveling. Mm. And it's just like, once you can do that and can, you can connect to these moments and you can live them, experience them, feel all the emotions there. And then you actually put in the activity that would make them come true and actually yeah. happen. Life changes, like mm. things happen for you. It's just, the harder part I feel like is getting to that first step of like actually believing that your dreams can come true. Then it's like, it's kind of this like block that builds on top of each other. Once a little thing, like once you get used to like these little things coming true and these, these other, like these smaller things and then bigger things start coming true. Once you start having a couple of the bigger dreams yeah. or the bigger goals come true that you've so clearly visualized, you realize like, dude, like literally there's no limit to this. Mm. There's no limit to this. You can live the life that you want, whatever it is. Like we put all these bullshit limitations on ourselves. Like why? Why, and why, why, yeah. do, why do people not think that their dreams can come true? Why did I used to think like, even when I was acting, I was already this person that believed in like that I deserved, you know, really epic shit to happen to myself. But I remember like I'd go for these big auditions and you'd get really close like to like a massive role, couple months filming overseas and you get into the final couple and like, I'm like, oh, my life could change but there's this little voice in the back of your head thinking, but is, are your dreams really going to come true? Yeah. You know what I mean? That was before when I was acting, I didn't really understand the law of attraction. I wasn't consciously aware of, of the power of it. And then it was when I left acting and then I got into the whole business thing. That's when I think I read the secret. Mm. Um, and then I was like, holy shit, everything makes sense. It's never been so clear. Yeah. Right. I, well, a couple things. With the um, with the visualization, something that Joe says is um, you like when you are visualizing, it's 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 happened, it's existing, like mm. it's not this like far away thing. He encourages you to be grateful for it happening because yeah, which is key, I think. Um, and then he says you should get up, you should almost get up from your meditation like like with a, a tear of joy. Oh yeah. Time. I do every time. Yeah. 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 And I've heard you talk about visualization before and, and something I'm trying to do outside of that daily practice of the meditation is, um, yeah. Carving out a time in the day to have those really like step-by-step -step vivid. Mm. Cause I've heard you talk about like how you really get into the nitty gritty of it, which mm. I think is really cool. So I want to try and incorporate more of that. Um, but on, on mindset, I guess more broadly, something within business I have observed is like when I first got into entrepreneurship and wanting to, you know, build my own thing. And that was for myself. Um, a lot of the books or podcasts I was listening to 
they start out with, you know, a mindset piece. And I would like probably even, even still a year ago, I would be like, boring next chapter. Like, tell me how to really? make no, money. No, don't no. Do that. But uh, I mean, I've always, anyway, whatever. Um, so, but in the, especially in the last year, I've, I've, I really understand now why it's so pivotal. And of course you've got to have, do the actions and have the execution and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's, I think it truly is the mindset that allows you to unlock the next level. Oh yeah. So many people, oh, why, like just skip that. No, <laughs> you don't realize it's the most important step. It's the most important fucking I step. Believe, I now like hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I it's agree. like my life only, even as me is another example, my life only changed when I, when I, when I, realized all that was possible when I changed the way I looked at the world and opportunities and what yeah. was coming for me. Like none of that would have fucking happened. I wouldn't have built this business if I just spent time learning how to build a website and run Facebook ads. Like yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been ready for that. Like you need to unlock that within yourself. Everyone who's been successful in business knows your business is a reflection of you. Your business will never outgrow you. And if it does, it's only a matter of time until it comes crumbling down. If you don't set the foundation and why wouldn't you consider yourself as the business at the start? Mm. Like you live inside your body with your thoughts, feelings, and emotions every single day. Work on that first and then everything else you can do will build upon that. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Mm. I just think it, it, it's cool. I just wanted you to share that because I've heard you say a similar thing before and I think it's just a, it's a crucial part of of building something and being, being successful in it and unlocking the new levels. If, if you're hitting, if, if you're like, if you have friction or resistance, it's always going to be a, a mindset thing. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? hundred percent. And like you could interview every successful person in the world. And I guarantee over 99% have like a similar positive outlook on life. Now our, our martial arts, um, our grandmaster, like the, the head of the school, his day job, we're so lucky. He's like a high performance psychologist. Mm. So we have the old philosophies passed down from like ancient Chinese culture with all the obviously self-defense stuff. But then like, he also knows like the modern version of like psychology and mindset and practices. And like he does, um, he'll do like sessions all day. And, and you'll say like, he does a mixture of different work with athletes. Uh, there's like athletes, CEOs and stuff, but he also does some government work where they send in people where like their life isn't on track. So mm. he sees both sides of it. And it's like, it's the way you process what happens in your life that dictates your future. It's like someone comes in that's had a really stressful day, but there's like a high achiever, really successful. How are you going? Oh yeah. A lot, a lot of things going on, how to deal with this, but working through it, it's all good. Other people that aren't, oh man, worst day ever. Life's fucked this, yeah. that. It's all in the way you perceive it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you need to fix your perception and the way you think about the world and see the world before you build on top of that. Yeah. Love it. And somewhere I want to end is say everything goes to plan in five years. What does your week look like in terms of what are you working on, your relationships, your free time? What does that look like? I don't want to have anything really new that I don't have really right now. Um, like the podcast, be one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Definitely one of the biggest podcasts in Australia. Um, that oh, being said, I'd probably want to be living in London potentially mm -hmm. or have lived there and experienced that and came home like the late, just everything that I've told you about at the start that I'm working on. I just want, I just want them to be 
at more matured stages. Mm -hmm. So obviously when businesses are at the mature stage rather than in the build or the startup phase, you'll have more time, you'll have more flexibility. I always want to work a lot, but like I want to be able to take like every single weekend off, maybe work four days, not in five years. Like I just want to be able to wake up every day and and spend my time doing things I enjoy. Um, I do want to travel a lot, see more of the world, have fun. Like I enjoy making shit happen. Like this sort of stuff is fun for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Well, I can't wait to see where the current projects are in five years. Mm. I'm sure they'll be killing it. That's the plan. So exciting. Can't wait to see the clothing line as well. Yeah. Got some samples coming soon. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thanks, for doing this. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do your friends a favor and share this with them and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.